Hey everyone, what's up and welcome back to the Artist Coaching Podcast with me, Joey Suki. Uh, today we have a very special guest, his name is Jay Hardway, you might know him from his tracks on Spinner Records, his collaboration with Martin Garrix and loads and loads more. He has been doing really well, um, he actually came by to the studio today, we've had a long talk and I've recorded about 50 minutes of it and I will promise you this is really valuable to every artist out there. There's information about um, the beginning of his career but also how he thinks about music releasing, how much you should be releasing, uh, politics in the music industry, so many things to mention so that's why this talk takes a bit longer than normally but I think it's really valuable for well everyone who's listening right now so uh, yeah enjoy this one I definitely think this is valuable to you and let me know what you guys like the most from this episode enjoy guys cool there we go here we are man. welcome Jay thank you how are you I'm good I'm, uh, I'm in Holland I'm, uh, I'm <laughs> well home. rested, I had a good sleep and uh, I feel good, so... Oh, that's great to hear. Yep. First of all, thanks for coming over and uh, we already had a pretty nice chat about all the things in the music industry, but we'll probably cover a few things again. Yeah, for sure. Just for the people to, uh, yeah, to, to hear your thoughts on it as well. Um, first, there probably will not be a lot of people that don't know you yet, but can you tell a bit more about how you started because you already mentioned that you started at uh, like home parties like yeah. children parties weddings those kind of things yeah um, I started making music when I was 14 15 mm-hmm. um, and that was like my main thing I really loved it. it was just a hobby and I was just making music I was always into DJs and like local DJs I was like wow get CD equipment and uh, then a friend of mine introduced me to his uh, DJ set and we like I, I practiced at his house and mm-hmm. we were just DJing and he used to DJ at uh, like the hockey club. Oh, um, oh the hockey parties. So that's why I, I joined him like, um, you know, like for those parties and then I started doing parties myself for mm-hmm. like friends and for uh, like weddings and stuff mm-hmm. and um, starting in the local bars. And that was like kind. Of, I was kind of like stably doing that. Like it wasn't really going that much anywhere until yeah. my music became uh, big. Um, some like six years ago. And what was the first moment that you found out? Like, okay, this might become something. Like, it's not just a hobby. Um, I was fourteen or fifteen when I found out about Foodie Loops, and mm-hmm. I I was already searching before that. Like, hey, how can I? make my own melodies and stuff and okay how can I I have something I have melodies in my head how can I how can I make them mm-hmm. and I think I was around 18 19 when I really thought like okay I have some talent and I can I can work with this I can do something more than just playing at <laughs> weddings and stuff yeah yeah um, how was the reaction from your family and friends when you started doing that Though I was very annoying because like I, I always had my my tracks uh, bounced and then I would show them my, my music and listen to I, this. I I thought it was very good, um, but that's I think um, there's this thing when you start making music or start anything creative mm-hmm. or anything really um, you think you're really good and you think everything you make sounds good because you made it and it's like it's new and but then you reach this point where it's like oh I'm not good at all. 
<laughs> so you go down all the way. I think it's called Mount Stupid or something. This mm -hmm. like this graph. You go down all the way and then slowly you build your quality and you, you become better and yeah. better. Uh, and, so and, yeah. I think that moment for me was when I bought my first monitors, my studio mm -hmm. monitors. And everything I made, I mean, the melodies were already there, but like the sound and the, yeah, yeah, it was so, so bad. Like, yeah. So then I realized, oh, there is talent, but I still have a lot of work to do. So. Yeah. And we already went through this, but you mentioned that um, you've spent a lot of time in the studio, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Um, but how did you um, kind of develop your skill? Like, fuck. <laughs> Let me just turn this off. Yep. What's up with Raggycat? <laughs> What's my girlfriend calling? <laughs> anyway, um, how did you develop your skill? Because, like, yeah, you downloaded Fruity Loops. Yeah. Did you go to a school or how does that happen? No, that no, I, um, I watched a lot of YouTube tutorials okay, and yeah. I found out a lot myself. Mm -hmm. And the most, uh, I was basically mostly having fun mm -hmm. in making stuff. I just, wanted to make or I, I heard a track by Chucky and I was like oh that sounds cool I want to make that and then it yeah. didn't sound anything like it <laughs> but every time you make a new project you learn a new skill or you find a new sound or you find a way to make your kick sound better yeah. and then with hundreds hundreds of projects after a while you just um, become better and better mm -hmm. um, and there's th there's the there's this point where you start to hear um, if your track is good enough, that's you know, interesting. That's, yeah. yeah, that's it. But how do you hear that? Like, it's, it's, can you explain that? It's very difficult. I feel like I haven't. I don't always have this because sometimes I think something sounds really good and mm -hmm. then everybody else hates it. So it will always be a kind of taste thing. But it's also, um, I think, especially as a DJ, to test your track out and see what the reaction is in the club. Yeah, and. Yeah, it's 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 like I think it's purely experience to yeah. to know that oh this is a good melody or oh this is a good bass line mm -hmm. or um, and yeah you, you definitely need to test it out as well yeah so it's a really weird thing because I, I talk to a lot of um, artists like music producers DJs I've been a music producer and DJ myself yeah and that question keeps popping up like how do you mm. know when your track's finished oh yeah, it's never finished I think. Yeah, but how do you decide? Like, okay, this is this is the moment where I say it's done. Um, it's. I think it's. You gotta. You gotta talk to a label or a manager, mm -hmm. and you gotta decide. This is it. So you you use, that's gonna be it. Yeah. So you use other persons to make the decision as well. Kind of, and because you know, like, um, as a, as a producer, I think your track is never finished. Mm -hmm. You you always have some stuff you could still do, or yeah. you might still want to do, or polish the hi hats. Polish the hi-hats or change the build-up or add some, some effect or remove some effect. Yeah. And I mean, there's always going to be things in tracks that you want to change. Um, but yeah, also for the sake of your, your release schedule yeah. and time, you just need to sometimes say, okay, this is, yeah, I'm, I'm leaving, I'm, the, the baby is leaving the nest now. <laughs> yeah. So how did you do that before you had the label or before you had the manager? Which persons did you use at that moment to maybe forums mostly? Oh, forums. Yeah, oh. I was I was like uh, posting on the Lipback Luke forum, yeah. and who he, didn't? He didn't exactly, <laughs> yeah. and he was he was giving feedback uh, himself, yeah. which was really helpful because, um, like maybe like technically, 
there were some tips but mostly he was just giving his opinion like mm. hey I like it or hey I don't like it yeah. so especially from an experienced DJ it's really mm. valuable uh, information makes sense and uh, the Vata Gonzalez forum was really yeah. uh, was is that still alive? no I don't think so mm. the, the, I think there's um, there's a new site coming but that's like the, the, the page <laughs> still for, says for the new five site is coming now, yeah. 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 Um, but that used to be a really hot spot of mm-hmm. guys who were just um, it, it would be like a little community and we would yeah. meet up at like dance fair um, because dance fair is not around for long I think it was five years maybe six yeah I think 2013 yeah. was early 2013 was when I went to dance fair like um, I meet up with people from the Vato forum and it, it felt like a community mm. everybody know a little bit who everyone was and like, like the usernames like oh yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> sometimes the usernames were the DJs yeah. and the DJ names and sometimes they weren't but mm. Um, it was a really cool small community and I think um, I don't know if there's a community like that now like it, it seems more individual now um, but yeah there's definitely a few more pages yeah. and of course Facebook groups like yeah. there's a lot of Facebook groups where communities are being built I have one myself where a thousand producers are oh, wow. talking to each other doing feedback and stuff so I think it moved from having a forum on your website to the social media yeah probably yeah because that's where you are anyway so yeah. why not do it there um, but it's still there but it's actually a really great insight to say like you can use more uh, like professional DJs opinion yeah. on your track to ma- to decide like now it's done yeah. let's release it I've actually never thought about it that way because I like I said it, it's a question that keeps coming back and I, yeah. I try to find the perfect answer yeah you never know in the end that's the thing yeah. and everyone has a different tactic yeah but somehow it, it cycles back to getting feedback from other people yeah and accepting the fact that it will never be finished and it will never be pleasing everyone I remember with my trick electric elephants mm-hmm. I sent it to uh, to Martin Garrix mm-hmm. and he was like I don't like the drop I like I love the melody he said, yeah. and but the drop sound like the wop, the way the 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 lead synth works, I don't like it, and I it really impacted me. Like I was like, ah oh, man, fuck, change it. So I tried <laughs> to change it, tried to come up with new stuff, and I was like, no, it's gonna be it, yeah. and it it turned out great. I mean, it was yeah. like in the scene, like a big success. Um, so it's you can't please everyone. You yeah. know? So there's always gonna be people that don't like some stuff in your tracks yeah so. but that's the thing about music you know it's art yeah and that's the same as a piece of art like i can i can have a look at the mona lisa and say i don't like, I don't like it. it yeah but yeah. somehow it's still worth a million dollars so yeah. uh, probably more probably more <laughs> uh but it's it's yeah. there's a big personal opinion involved yeah. in that whole matter and that's to me always interesting because when you ask for feedback of people yeah most of the time you get their personal opinion true true not uh, th- not feedback yeah, Depends yeah. On but that's that's important. But I yeah. also I also think with feedback, um, you know you know you get good feedback when you kind of hate what the person is saying because you yeah. knew it was, it hurts. He was he's right. Yeah, it pushes so your like, buttons like ah. I know I noticed this even with uh, with the A and R from uh, Spinner Records now. Like I send a track mm-hmm. and I and he comes back to me. Yeah, yeah, I like it, but and then he starts and then I everything he says, I'm like. I know he's right. I knew this, yeah. But I hate it because, yeah, you just don't want yeah. to admit it sometimes to yourself. Yeah. But it's it's very important to have just some people around you that are um, really honest with you, you yeah. know. And um, there are definitely artists that do everything the way they wanted to, mm-hmm. 
and they have a very strong um, um, like plan like mm-hmm. this is what I'm gonna do with my music mm-hmm. but I don't I don't know if the um, if the the DJ scene so to say the EDM scene is, is um, if you can really do that because you're always you want tracks that also please crowds you know yeah. you want, you, so you're yeah. always kind of compromising it's in it's, that sense as it's well. a balance as in you also have to please the crowd but at the same time you want to represent the thing that you are as an artist too too uh, it's about the compromise I think in between yeah. those uh, those yeah. things and that's always like a really gray area to talk about because yeah. it's artistic so you shouldn't really make it more commercial True. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time it's a business yeah. so yeah. You, you you want to make money from it so you should add or change something if the market doesn't really accept it you might want to change something to make it more valuable yeah. for your fans yeah sometimes and sometimes you just gotta say uh, I'm gonna do this Mm-hmm. track this way mm-hmm. and then the label will say it's like some I, I, I believe that um, um, some of your tracks at least should be something different something you really want to do mm-hmm. something you know isn't going to score big on the radio or on not big on Spotify or whatever but you always got to remember you're also expressing yourself Yeah. and even if it's just one fan that's like a lifelong fan because of that track that's a win yeah. you know and if they don't if the rest don't like it I mean next month or you're gonna have a new track so yeah exactly I mean, exactly right especially right now where you're releasing like tracks almost every month you can sometimes get away with uh, with that or even a track that's uh, not as popular you know mm-hmm. because how, how are what are your thoughts on the releasing amount like once a month you just mentioned but What's what's your thoughts on that? Because it kind of changed in the last couple yeah. of years. I still remember. It's it's uh, crazy stressful. It's it's yeah. like you put yourself on, under pressure. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fans put you under pressure because every time you release a track, the next week people are like, "Hey man, when there's new music? When yeah. is there new music?" Um, but it's it's kind of. Uh, um, I mean, there's so much music being released, so the, at least the music's got to be good. Mm-hmm. That's what I, it's got to be. You. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah, you also got to release more to just stay relevant and stay in people's, yeah. um, people's radar. Radar, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's, um, I mean, you can choose not to do that. Um, you can choose to release two tracks a year, but I think you're gonna have a difficult time um, getting bookings. So yeah, because that's that's the thing, you know. Like you, those promoters need the ammunition of your yeah. tracks to to sell you to yeah, sell tickets. For sure. For sure. So you feel pressure from all the sides. You feel pressure from the fans. You feel yeah. pressure from the promoters. Maybe your management also starts to push you because yeah. they need to sell you as well. Yeah, and you, you're, you're pushing yourself. Yeah. I mean, yeah. because you want to release music. You want to make music. And as a creative artist, I think that's always going to be difficult. It's always going to be a yeah. struggle to, to yeah. get the new, the next, the next, uh, the next big thing, you know? Like, yeah. uh, but the fun thing about making music, I think, is you never know what's going to be the next big thing. True. I'm I'm not sure, but what's your in your in your opinion, what's your most famous track? Like the one that that. Uh, oh, Wizard! Wizard is Wizard with Martin Garrix is like my biggest hit. And did you numbers? expect it to be? Yeah, yeah, because because at that time he already was big. Well, like uh, Martin released Animals. Okay, yeah. And right after the first single was Wizard. Ah. And Animals was a number one hit like everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it was gonna get attention anyways. Yeah. 
But um, personally, I think for me, like Electric Elephants has been like the one where uh, the industry saw, oh, this guy is mm-hmm. uh, is legit. Mm-hmm. You know, he can produce as well. You yeah. know, and um, that's for me personally a bigger uh, achievement, mm-hmm. so to speak, so, because that really put me on the map and. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's a really cool track. So, <laughs> <laughs> but did you did you expect that track to become no, that big? Not at all. Not at all. And no. that's that's the fun thing, you know. Yeah. Like you're just sitting in your studio making something which you like. Yeah. You find a label for it or whatever you do with it. It rele- it get released, and you have no idea what's gonna happen. No. And I th- I think that's the great thing about music these days, especially with the internet. Yeah. You never know where those two. No, true. You never know where it ends up. Ah, true, true. Sometimes it ends up in, in the Indonesian charts. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like what yeah, the, yeah, yeah. how did it end up there? Yeah, it's it's crazy how it works. Um yeah, so, yeah, if you just uh yeah, exactly what you say. Like it's I remember sending it around to some DJs. Mm-hmm. They were like, Oh, it's awesome. And then the label sent it around when it was planned for release and it got so much good feedback that's what happens a lot you yeah. know you're like oh we played in the radio show it's fine but then they started playing it live on Ultra and Tomorrowland that's and, different and yeah. then it's like whoa this yeah. is getting some real traction just because yeah there's something in the track that they all like and uh, yeah you never know, really know what makes a hit and have you do you have an idea now of what what it is that makes that track special? Um, it's accessible, so it's like mm-hmm. uh, the first time you hear it, it's already um, easy listening, or yeah. like you can easily mm-hmm. um, it's an easy melody, and it's like the the, the lead sound is like a whoop, like a kind of whoop whoop mm-hmm. sound with the with the filter. That kind of is a different sound from anything people heard before. Yeah. Or maybe not as much. So, so different and re- relatable. Different and easy, easily accessible. Yeah, so, accessible. So yeah. yeah. So makes sense. Yeah. And you mentioned the the collaboration with Martin Garrix. Yeah. Can you tell a bit more about how that happened? Did you already knew him? Or? Yeah, yeah. I mean, me and uh, uh, we go way back. <laughs> uh, we were friends before um, we both got got big gigs mm-hmm. so he was like um, producing he was 14 years old and I, I, I met him on the Vato forum mm-hmm. and then we were like hey man I like your music and he's like I like your, your music let's work together Yeah. and then the next few years we just um, worked together on music um, became friends and just had fun making music Yeah. and then at once everything blew up he, he got yeah. signed to Spinning Records um, and um Animals came, mm-hmm. and no one expected the success of Animals. Yeah. It was crazy how how big yeah. he became in, in in a matter of one year. Um, uh, yeah, and then and then Wizard came, and then and since then I'm a full time DJ. So it's like oh, so that was the track that got you yeah. to oh, yeah, really? yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it was wow. like my second official release. Yeah. The first one was Arrow Four Hundred Four with Garrix as well. Yeah. Um, so like literally the summer before the summer of Animals. The, right before the summer, I yeah. was still like delivering barbecues. Really? With the I know, yeah. I know the company who does it. Yeah, like because uh, I, 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 like I finished my, uh, my I got my bachelor degree, mm-hmm. and then I was like, well, I'm gonna try to do something in music because I, I'm working hard, and uh, <laughs> and I just get a, got a simple job at a mm-hmm. barbecue delivering yeah. uh, company, and like half a year later, I'm touring across the world. Wow, which so is crazy. 
Okay, so that track put you on the map internationally? For sure, yeah. yeah, yeah. And that yeah. got you the gigs and that got you yeah. the, the financial uh, arbitrage you needed to... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like in a really fast time, like um, I just went literally, it felt for me like it was overnight from mm -hmm. DJing in a small bar in Drunen, my hometown, mm -hmm. to like DJing in Vegas, which was mm. literally like not even half year apart. And so. in the beginning, like when, when those international gigs came in, were you booked together with Martin Garrix or were you booked on your own name? Um, well, the way uh, I've been signed to Ace Agency and the way mm -hmm. they were really smart with their tactics. After that track? After the release of that track? After, yeah, yeah. I you got signed around that time. So okay. like oh, yeah. right before I got signed and then... So that track also put you on the map in the industry? Yeah, yeah. And, Mart and Martin, of course, was uh, always very speaking very um, um, highly of me. Yeah. So he got he made sure that uh, Ace Agency signed me. He made sure that Spin oh, Records really? signed me. So he was like really um, pushing me forward, which is of course a big, big, big plus yeah. and and really um, cool uh, to see a friend do that. You know. Yeah. Um, but then um, the way Ace Agency did it was very smart because they said. Hey, you book Martin Garrix, that's fine. Do you also want to book Jay Hardway? You know, um, so I had my own fee, mm -hmm. I had my own um, my own name, mm -hmm. and of course I was I was um, presented when Martin Garrix was booked, but as a separate artist. Yeah, so not like a package deal. Not like a package yeah. deal because the thing is, when you do package deal, it's like you don't know what price I'm worth. Mm -hmm. And now we knew, okay, in that market, Jay Hardway is worth that fee yeah so i could do other shows for that fee and we could like mm. really build that market which yeah. is a smart move yeah yeah and of course there were a lot of promoters asking for martin garrix um and they were like yeah but we have uh, the 5k budget is that uh is are we gonna make it for martin garrix yeah for martin <laughs> garrix like back in 2014 yeah so an ace would be like well that's a little short <laughs> that's a little bit uh, too few yeah. uh uh, for Garrix, but we have Jay Hardway, we have this, we have Quintino, we have mm -hmm. so, and then um, because I had a hit and like a hype with Martin Garrix, I would be like, no, not the ne next best thing, but yeah. for the fans, it would be still cool, like uh, the yeah. smaller shows. So Makes sense. Yeah, brought me a lot of gigs. Oh, I didn't know that that was like the start of it all. I, I thought yeah. you had a whole career before that. Well, that track. Uh, career in barbecues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so like and and uh, I mean like I was I was uh, making a lot of music and but not really releasing a lot yet and hmm. I think um, Wizard was definitely the, the the big kickstart to my I was already signed to Universal Publishing mm -hmm. but yeah it it took Wizard Wizard was really like my my launch and then oh, it was wow. the pressure for me to continue yeah. because then it was like how how did you uh, comprehend with that pressure. Um, it was a lot of insecurity in the beginning because mm -hmm. um, I, I knew I could make music, but how can I convince anyone else that it's it's I can make music as well? Because they thought, of course, hey, you only score hit with, hits with Garrix. Yeah. So um, it took me a couple of months. Uh, I think Wizard was released in October, I think 2013, and. Um, it took me like till March to release Bootcamp, mm -hmm. my next track, and that was my first solo single. But it did really well, mm -hmm. so that yeah, that brought me again some okay. some hype. Yeah, because I can imagine that that's a tough place to be at. As yeah. in, it's great that you have such a kickstart of your career. Yeah, it's, it's great. Yep. But at the same time, 
the audience might think that you're being Robin to Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah, so for sure. Yeah. Now you have to. Now you feel the the stress of uh, proving the fact that you're not you're not yeah. Robin. You're just you're Superman. I can, I can, yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. you're not a big star in the whole story. Yeah. Uh, I can imagine that that's pretty tough. Yeah, I mean, I kind of uh, try to let go of that idea. I, I kind of. Um, um, I was also a bit a bit older than uh, than than Martin. Martin was like sixteen or fifteen. Yeah. And I was like twenty two ish, twenty three. So I um, I already had like a um, life experience. I would say that I would be less impressed by that yeah. um, that idea. So I was like, I'm just gonna do my thing. Mm-hmm. And um, if people book me because they know me from Garrix amazing yeah and if they start to see like um hey he makes his own music yeah that's Hmm. that's awesome but it's like i never really tried to think too much of what yeah uh, so the pressure that was there was mostly coming from myself yeah but i think that's your power like like i said we've been talking for about an hour before we started the podcast i we haven't spoke before no true not not that i know of (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and what i can tell about the stories that I hear from you now is that you are pretty consciously aware of the things that are happening in your life and also in your career. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's a big power yeah. of yourself because that's, I know for myself that that's where it went wrong with me. Yeah. Um, I just didn't know what was going on. And you are really, you really know like, okay, this is happening. This is what, how I deal with it. Yeah. And this yeah. is what I can do and what I can't do. Yeah, I mean, it's important. I think it's, um, I see a lot of artists, we, we talked about this, that are just like uh, sort of puppets. And they're yeah, like, like the marionette puppets. They're, yeah, they've yeah. been controlled by people and they're like, okay, whatever. Yeah, yeah I go to uh, to that booking. Why yeah. not? Like, I, go, I do. And I'm, I never really did that. Only um, when I, like beginning of 2014, I used to do shows with, with Martin Garrix, of course, mm-hmm. and it was just, you can't really understand what's going on. Yeah. Uh, so you're like touring heavily and having fun because you're 22 and you're like that's good everything's (laughs) possible and it's crazy you know so everything just just exploded um but then um yes yeah especially with making music i really understood like hey i want to show people that hey i want to yeah and like i really realized what was going on how people uh saw me how my profile yeah. uh, went what they think of my videos what they think of my social mm-hmm. media so it's very important to be uh, um, aware of what's going on for sure also with your own health and your but yeah being aware of what's going on is yeah, uh, yeah really has been really important and how is it still something that you think a lot about when you're touring or like do you, do you do a lot of long tours so two weeks no tours? not not that much okay. not that much I prefer like uh, uh, one maybe two weekends and mm-hmm. then that's it like two weeks is a long time for me to yeah. be away from home um, but it's also like my summer schedule uh, allows for me to um, do short in and out shows mm-hmm. you know so I, I'm like the US isn't that big of a market for me so I mostly have like one weekend mm-hmm. one off weekends and like in in China sometimes I do or in Asia I do like two weeks because there's like two weekends connected yeah but mostly it's been um, it's been just 
a separate weekend with two shows and yeah. in the summer you might have some shows in between the week you know like on a Wednesday or yeah depends on what festival but um, what's the biggest market for you now is that Asia um, Asia's big um, but it's very hard to tell these days it's very okay. hard to tell um, is Europe still like a thing <laughs> Europe yeah it's still a thing but it's it's very hard to to to, to um, how do you say on the one hand you have promoters and people saying yeah EDM is dead <laughs> and like yeah it's hard to book EDM acts and on the other hand you do shows which are packed which are good and people are like going crazy on the commercial stuff mm -hmm. and you're like what do you mean it's uh, dead EDM yeah. is dead like I played in uh, in Zurich um, um, last weekend where I, I played in the street parade and this guy starts out with techno and I, they told me yeah techno is now all the thing here they don't really book EDM acts so he's playing techno and like it's, I, lo I love techno. I mean, because I don't know the music yeah. and it's like... This. But you so, were booked on a techno event. No, no, no. But I mean, like they said, like the street parade in Zurich is mostly techno. Oh, okay, yeah. But they had like a bus with some EDM acts, mm -hmm. um, which was really fun, by the way. But there's this techno DJ playing and the DJ after him starts playing quite commercially right away. And right away, people go way more crazy. Yeah. And also in the crowd on the streets. So it was like... People say they don't like EDM, yeah. but they do otherwise. So they, they still yeah. love commercial stuff. Yeah, that's really think, interesting yeah. as well. Like in the end, like saying that you're underground is, is more interesting. Yeah. But in the end, a lot of people are just commercial. You know? Yeah. Like they like what the rest likes. Yeah. And yeah, it's 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 decision to make for you as an artist. Like, what are you going to do? Like, what are you going to follow? Yeah. Do you want to please the crowd, or are you going to please the promoter, or yeah? What's the balance in that whole story? Well, pleasing the promoter is selling tickets. Yeah. <laughs> If you've sold your tickets, the promoter yeah. is probably happy. Um, <laughs> th yeah, that's just basically just the way it is. Yeah. That's what I always tell people. Like the only thing a promoter is interested in is how much tickets do you sell. That's all they care about. Money. They can they can love your set. They yeah. can. I, I've had it a bunch of times where they love my set and they loved, they love they love me and we had a good time and a great dinner and it was so much fun. But in the end, they just also have to. They are It's way more in a money making business yeah. in, in the sense that that's why they probably do it yeah. as a promoter. Yeah. And But think about it, you know, like, let's, let's just reverse it. Let's say you organize an event, you book your favorite artist for probably a crazy amount of money. Yeah. You book the artist and it's not a private party. <laughs> it's yeah, a commercial yeah. party. So, and let's say 10 people end up there. Like they, you get 100 euros, dollars in, yeah. in revenue and that's it. Yeah. I, I would go crazy. Yeah. I, I mean, who wouldn't? Who yeah, wouldn't? Who exactly. Wouldn't? Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's um, um, that's what you always got to realize that as a as a DJ, I mean, you don't have to be a commercial guy, but mm -hmm. you got to accept that if you're not um, adding commercial touches to your set or your uh, show, you might end up doing less shows yeah. or or selling less tickets, which yeah. is fine. Which is okay. Yeah, that's the thing. That's also the thing. Yeah. Like it, it's it's fine to do uh, less shows. Yeah. Um, but if you want the big main stages, you gotta start by selling show, selling tickets. Yeah, basically. Like everybody's always like, yeah, that uh, like Timmy Trumpet 
came out of nowhere and now he's like <laughs> big but I remember I was headlining bef- um, a show where I was the headlining and he was the second headliner yeah and but he was he had his merch he had like his trumpet uh, blow up trumpets and he was like uh, doing that and then he's been building ever since mm-hmm. uh, trying to sell the shows sell the tickets and he's been uh, working really hard for a long time and now he's doing the main stages yeah but people don't really see the no the hard work that went into exactly it. so yeah people like, don't see don't see the work in in the gym they only see the chest you yeah know? exactly like, yeah like, oh, they're like that. where's your six-pack uh or like yeah you have a six-pack you uh, yeah, like exactly like yeah. I said, they don't see the hard. They don't work. see the hard work. The, the, yeah. the hours you spend in the in the fitness room, they True. only see you shining on the beach. You know, yeah. like walking around with your six pack. Yeah, and that's the thing with artists as well. Like you mentioned before, that you spend a lot of hours in the studio. Yeah, there's this thing. I'm not sure if you know, like the ten thousand hours. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. After ten thousand hours, you're a you, professional. You, you master the the skill. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I really believe in that. And I think a lot of people forget about it that even the bigger artists right now went through the whole same th- yeah, thing. Yeah, like they yeah. also went through that same period of time yeah, for sure. where a lot of uh, starting artists are at right now. Yeah. They feel frustrated that there isn't anything happening. Like I'm, I'm, I'm in the studio three days a week, four yeah, days a week, yeah. and I, I can't get signed. I don't have any gigs. Welcome to life. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's also a thing. Like I get demos. And then um, they, first of all, I get demos where people say to me, hey, it's not mastered yet, but, mm. and then I always start already like, oh, okay, there's one of these again. Mm-hmm. So um, w- what's your thought on that moment? Like it's one of well, these? Well, it's like, if, you, if it's not good enough, mm-hmm. you're like, hey, it's not good enough yet, but I'm going to send it to you. Yeah. Like, I'm like, why don't you first make it good enough that you self think it's good enough? Mm-hmm. And then you send it to someone and ask if they think it's good enough. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what I would say. Like, it's not mastered. It's like basically a, an excuse for, hey, I, I didn't mix it right or it doesn't yeah. sound good. doesn't sound good. Make yeah. sure it sounds good, man. And it's yeah. going to take hours. And also, um, that's the frustrating thing about um, being a creative artist. is like you put in hours and hours and hours and hours. <laughs> and then at the end of the, of the month, you have a new track. And it's yeah. your baby. Yeah. But then it's like no one wants it and you have to, you, you can't do anything with it. I mean, you can send it to your mom and she will like it. Yeah. And like, but yeah, that's, that's like um, so many hours mm-hmm. wasted for your feeling. But that's yeah. what you got to learn to live with. But I feel that that thing has changed. Like we come from a time where that actually happened. Yeah. Like you, you couldn't sign it to a label and you were fucked. Like, yeah. okay, yeah. no one wants it. I'm done. Yeah. Let's throw away this track and yeah, continue. Yeah, yeah. Right now, everyone who starts to do music now, uh, I'm not sure if you do you know TuneCore and DistroKid and all those platforms? No. Okay, well, those are all distributors where you can pay like 10 euros a track per oh, year. They, they make sure it's provided to Spotify. Yeah, they put your music yeah, on Spotify yeah, yeah, yeah. and iTunes and all those other platforms. That's something we didn't have. No, we we no, needed no. a label to get yeah. our track on those platforms, published, which yeah. didn't exist. Uh, yeah, published, Just, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right now, if a label doesn't want it, you can still say, fuck it, let's do it my, uh, yeah. myself. Let's 
contact some playlist owners and see if I can get it promoted somewhere. Yeah, true. Uh, let's see if I can get some DJs on board who would like to play it. Because if labels don't like it, that doesn't mean Jay Hardway doesn't like it. No, true. Right? Yeah, there's yeah, always, yeah, that's very true. Yeah. That, that's where you, you come back to the art aspect of it. There's yeah. always people who like it. Yeah, for sure. But there's always yeah. people who don't like it as well. Yeah. So that's where I think there's a big advantage right now for aspiring artists, like upcoming artists they're not relying on third parties anymore. No. Like the label isn't in charge anymore. The manager isn't in charge anymore. No. You are in charge. Yeah, yeah. It just comes down to how much work you spend to actually promote it yourself because it's a shitty job. Yeah. That's what the label used to do. Yep, yep, yep. And that's why you it's pay 50% of the income or 80 or 20 or whatever yeah. you... What you're getting your tracks to that much people, that's, exactly. still, that's still pretty difficult. Yeah, yeah. So that's, labels can be still like super handy to, yeah, to do it, that but it's only when they are, when you sign with a label who has that reach yeah. like Spinin like Revealed like yeah. uh, Hexagon those are all labels who have the attention of, of the fan base yeah. uh, and in that and the, case and the name where especially that's also important when a label has a name where the artist is going to check the promo yeah because exactly. like if a label uh, even if like uh, Don Diablo right now would start releasing terrible tracks mm-hmm. and you would do that for a year then the lab- artist would be like well I'm not checking that exactly uh, yeah. anymore. so I you need a label that, that's also very consistent with the um, with the the quality the quality yeah, yeah. for sure yeah, and that's important but that's exactly the only reason why you still need a label yeah I but think I think it's also dangerous that um, you can post anything online um, uh, well dangerous for yourself for your own brand because I always had the feeling that if my lab- if my uh, track is not good enough for a label, mm-hmm. maybe it's not good enough for the market. So I would come back with a track where like more people from labels said, yes, it's good enough. Yeah. So then you kind of it's it's like a quality control, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's then it's again the balance between exactly. I want to release this track. Yeah. And the label doesn't, you still sometimes, or you have to push through your own track. Mm-hmm. Like, I really want to release this, or yeah, go the, yeah. Go the way with like... But that's a, it's a really interesting point, because a label, the same as the promoter, the label is in, in the money business. Yeah. If I sign your track, how much money can I earn from it? Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's kind of the only thing that really yeah, matters to them. For real, That's yeah. That's the, the, the revenue for them. Yeah. So if they listen to a track which may be underground, aka not sellable or hardly sellable, yeah. um, that means it, do- it isn't really interesting to them. No. But at the same time, it might also mean that it's different and that, it, yeah. um, that it's the next animals. You know, because it's losing it. Yeah, it it might break the normal. Yeah. And releasing the normal is safe, and releasing the normal means that you can expect the things that you expect. Yeah. But releasing tracks that break the normal might bring you even more bigger things. That's where new genres exist, and where new genres uh, start to exist. And as an artist, you always have to keep keep in the back of your mind, like, okay, labels declined it. Yeah. But does that mean it's a big it's a bad track or yeah. does that mean that they simply don't see money in it right now but yeah. I still believe in it but that's that's a, where that's a very difficult yeah uh, yeah it's thing it's and it's thing. it's always going to be hard and that's maybe also the the cool thing about it like you yeah. never like we like we said you never know what a track is gonna yeah gonna do yeah in the end so the internet is 
might pick it up it might yeah. not so but don't you think that right now well it's oh, I think it's always been a rule in music you're as good as your last release um, um, well I'm not, I'm not sure I'm not sure mm -hmm. um, maybe you're as good as your worst release okay so you think people will I that's maybe the like the last like but, but then then again what's a good release like is it a good a million to plays release? is yeah. it a million YouTube streams or is it yeah. a track that people really uh, really think like wow this hit my soul yeah yeah, yeah. but yeah. it's like only has only yeah. fifty thousand streams like when which one yeah. is better you know what I mean like yeah it depends I, we live I in a very difficult age as well when it comes yeah. to hits like because not like all, some hits are like so s simple like so yeah if you go to the top 50 you're like so ashamed maybe sometimes for this era of music yeah. where you're like man i wish i lived in the 80s where like they had intros of uh, of three minutes <laughs> yeah. guitars and shit like yeah. but who knows you know like I, I heard a thing last, like a few weeks ago, which was really, to me, was kind of mind-blowing. The guy said, like, um, don't you think that with artists, people only remember the hits, as in, um, you might have released... Oh, true, yeah, I know. What you're, like, right yeah, now, yeah, you yeah, might yeah, have released, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. let's say, 15, 20 tracks yeah, in the last yeah, couple yeah, of yeah. years. And some of them did pretty well, like mm -hmm. they, they brought you at a decent level. But what if you released the next animals, which brought you through a worldwide number one status, like yeah. Dua Lipa and yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of level, like next level? Do you think that those people would care about those other 20 no, tracks? Probably not, probably not. Exactly. So yeah. that's why I think you're only as good as your last That's release. a very like, good point. Yeah. I think people are worrying too much about what people think of the track that they release right now while your next track might be the next Bigger. big thing. You're yeah. only one track away from your biggest success. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I never looked at it that way. So. Yeah. That's why I heard it. I was like, fuck, it's pretty interesting insights yep. to think yeah, about Yeah, and it. also to, to realize um, that's kind of part of your point is that back in the 80s there was a lot of music as well maybe not as much as yeah. releasing now but also very bad music yeah. which we just don't know anymore especially if and you're born after yeah but maybe it never got released because it was hard yeah. to release music at that also time. that yeah, yeah, yeah right now it's easy as ever to release a yeah. track so even the, the shittiest tracks on earth get released so it's it's easy to look up like oh he released this track and this track if you look up my first remix it sucks. Yeah. Like, it, it's actually the remix of Nicky Romero. I did a remix for him. Okay. Sucks big time. Like, sound-wise, everything sucks. But yeah. it's still, if you find it, it's still online. Yeah. Uh, is that a bad thing? Or just, does that thing just pushes things in perspective? Like, they can see how the world evolved. How, oh, yeah, that's, that's How true. I evolved yeah. as a producer. Yeah. Same with you. Yeah. There's still some old tracks on my uh, SoundCloud as well, where, mm -hmm. I mean, they, they don't sound that good you know They're you like, can do better now yeah of course yeah, yeah. and then like yeah there are some cool melodies but yeah some of the tracks are like but it's cool for people that's what i like about it like you say like they can see that's where he came from yeah wow like six years ago he sounded like this and yeah. now he sounded wow. like this like how did that happen you know yeah. so it puts things in perspective for sure yeah. and, I, and i always believe that that information like the fact that you have a, a track record of, of releases gives people an insight of, of 
how much work you've put in this thing yeah like it's not a one-day fly yeah it's not like you've released one track oh, and yeah. it's done yeah yeah you know like there's a lot of work there's some backup to your exactly uh, yeah it's your resume it's not one hit yeah it's your but resume. still if you if you if, if i were to score a hit right now that's number one in the world people would say like he came out of nowhere exactly and that's like yeah. no it's not true like exactly but yeah yeah true. and that's why why I think like don't You're worry as good as your latest uh, yeah don't worry too yeah, much yeah. about if your track didn't perform that well yeah I think that insight kind of uh, pushes back the stress like it's it re- yeah. relieves stress because it doesn't really matter no the only thing that really matters is do you like it yeah put it out there maybe 50,000 people will like it as well maybe a hundred thousand maybe one thousand yeah too bad let's go on to the next one yeah and each release will bring you a success, a form of success, yeah. which might be that one person that changed his life because of that track, which is success. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But it could also be a million streams on Spotify, which it's is success. success. Yeah, so yeah. That's that's the Very way I think about point. it. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Every form, every release has a different form of success. Yeah, true. That's why overthinking it might be really stressful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that of course. Um, but also, I think creating music is always going to be stressful. Yeah, uh, in the studio. It's, it's, yeah, in the studio, like uh, definitely in the studio, because like you're not going to have inspiration sometimes, mm-hmm. and it's frustrating. Yeah, you feel like um, I think every creative person has this. You have this moment where you have to go through after almost every project you finish. Mm-hmm. There's this gap, like I'll never make as good a track as that anymore yeah and especially not when you don't have inspiration you're trying new melodies and it doesn't work yeah you get re- really frustrated so that's always going to be part of it um but yeah to reduce the stress by um not focusing too much on yeah i think i think that whole thing is a mind game yeah like in the in that creativity part like um what's the name the creative block yeah. when you're experiencing a creative block in that whole period of time you're your own worst enemy yeah like no one's telling you that your no, that your yeah. track that you produced or like the, the the eight beats that you just made sucked you oh, are yeah. the one telling yeah. you like it's not as good as the other one yeah but what if two million people on the planet think otherwise yeah right yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. you Probably might yeah. you yeah. might think that a beat thing sucks but if you created a track out of it and you released it maybe there's too many yeah. people out there who think it's the next big hit yeah but it's also frustrating when you do think it's amazing mm-hmm. and other people around yeah. you are like no we don't like it it's a constant fight yeah, it's, with yeah, yourself it's like constantly yeah and it's something you also need to deal with I think that's part mm-hmm. of being an artist is putting yourself out there you're, you're yeah. making music out of yourself you're really vulnerable yeah so people will yeah. if, if they um, a comment on your track or like negatively it will be like you're attacking me you know personally yeah. so that's always going to be a difficult thing yeah, you always need to um, get your get your mind straight. But that's yeah. I think that's in this industry is so important. Is that something you learn to do, or is it something that you've been doing from the beginning? On? No, I, I learned. I, I definitely learned to um, um, to to control that, or to. Um, yeah, I mean, you get older, so you you encounter more. Uh, um, bad things about the industry mm-hmm. or like bad experiences on tour or with anyone in a- any life I think encounters yeah. more bad things when you get older 
and it's, it's important to to realize what's going on mm-hmm. like what we said um, and then to have right people around you who uh, yeah you, I, I do believe you definitely need some guidance from people around you it can be your mom it can be your, yeah. your manager but you need to have some people that are grounded and are like telling you hey um, it's normal for you to go through this or, yeah, yeah and after yeah. a couple of years and um, stressful periods you learn that oh it's going to be part of life yeah. I mean that's the whole thing with, with life I mean I read a lot lately as well so but it's like stress and bad things and terrible things are going to happen mm-hmm. and it's it's for you to realize that it's always going to happen yeah and how to deal with that and mm-hmm. um, yeah I mean that's um, definitely as an artist but maybe also in everyone's day to day life you know it's like yeah. uh, it's getting older man it's, it's growing up it sucks <laughs> I don't want to grow up. Really? Oh, I actually like it. I mean, I like it, but it's also like if you like it's if you don't know something. Yeah. The, the, the ignorance is bliss, you know. So. Yeah. But true. But so it, it's it's cool to find out things, but it's also sometimes you wish, um, like for for instance, I, I if I now like oh, I have a day off, mm-hmm. let's just lay in bed and play video games, or like on the couch or whatever. It doesn't work like like when I was 16 you know when you were 16 you were just like playing Need for Speed Underground 2 or whatever and you were like no 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 um, no stress yeah the only thing is what's stressful is maybe your homework but that wasn't a big deal and now you're like overthinking everything and thinking what you should do why are you laying in bed you're lazy I should work everyone's working exactly exactly so but that's I mean I guess that's getting older I see it with friends I see it with everyone it's just um, so yeah it's, it's how do you deal with that and I think yeah. that's um, everyone should understand that everyone has that part of it yeah, yeah. that's the yeah. thing like you're not the only one exactly um, there was one question that I, oh yeah that was one uh, just to round things off um, one question is looking back at your career is there anything that you if you know what you know right now what would you what would you have done differently um, in the beginning I would have uh, bought Bitcoin a lot <laughs> <laughs> six yeah. years ago yeah. and, uh, no 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 that's a joke um, I don't think I would have done anything differently because I, I, I feel like this is uh, everything that happened not and that happened for a reason sounds mm-hmm. very cheesy but like it happened in such a way that I be- am where I am today mm-hmm. so it's it's important for me to experience everything in the way that I experienced it mm-hmm. because of course I had some conflicts with like managers or labels and you gotta I would do things differently definitely now but I still feel like that had to happen for me to understand yeah, yeah, yeah. it needed to happen differently yeah. sometimes you have to make a mistake uh, in order to uh, understand to really understand why you yeah. shouldn't do it like that Yeah, exactly. and if you never like that's why they say you can't what you said before you can't learn anything out of a book yeah because you gotta experience some stuff to really understand it so, yeah yeah I, I i think i wouldn't do anything uh, differently maybe i would change the the hi-hats on uh, <laughs> <laughs> like redo the whole track yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. cool well i want to thank you for taking the time to come over here and of uh, share the knowledge and uh thanks for having me. yeah yeah no problem thanks to everyone who was on the live stream uh, hope you enjoyed. Yeah.
Hope you guys had fun and uh, see you guys next time. Bye.